Bibles, turn with me tonight to the book of Hebrews, chapter 12, and verse 14. We're going to preach, teach tonight about a familiar but very important subject I believe it is growing more important as the days go on Hebrews 12 and verse 14 says follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord Follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. We're going to preach tonight about Christian living. Christian living. We could call this part one. I don't know that we'll get all the way through it tonight. We're going to talk about Christian living. In Jesus' name. How many are thankful? to be living for God. I'm thankful to be living for God. Jesus, and let's put our Bibles down. Let's go before the Lord in prayer this evening. Lord, I love you. Lord, I thank you. I give you praise. I give you honor. God, I give you glory. I magnify your name. God, I want your will to be done in me and through me. God, I pray you would anoint our hearts, anoint our minds to receive your word tonight. God, that we we make the decision to open our spirits to you. We open our hearts to you, God. Let your will be done. In the name of Jesus, we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody say amen. Amen. You can be seated tonight. Follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. We understand that holiness is vital. It is vital. It is important. It is imperative. It is necessary. And maybe you don't believe that tonight, but I pray by the end of this service you'll see it, you'll believe it, and you'll understand a little bit more about it. We live in a world, we live in a day and an age that is, for lack of a better term, losing its mind. They are going astray in ways that are absolutely horrendous. The magazine that just released its cover photo, I don't even remember the guy's name, some musician on the front cover, of Vogue magazine dressed in a skirt celebrating it. An entire photo shoot of a man dressed as a woman. They are Harry Styles. That's who it was. He needs to be restyled. 
Harry, no one wants to see that. And it is funny. It is funny. If this was a different setting, I could crack jokes about Harry Styles in a dress all night. But we live in a world that is, it's not just accepting that, it's embracing that. It's pushing the limits. It's pushing boundaries. There are no boundaries any longer. There are no limits any longer. Thank you. My head is about to explode. There are no limits. There are no boundaries. But the Word of God lets us know that there are limits. That there are boundaries. And so I don't believe that we're living in a day and age where we can afford to stop preaching about holiness. Where we can stop teaching about holiness. But we also live in a day and an age where holiness is is going to set us apart even more. Holiness has always been about setting us apart from the world. But now the, the chasm between the world and the church should be getting bigger. It should be getting bigger. We should not live our lives just the same safe distance away from the world. If I have it in my heart or in my mind, I'm going to live approximately 150 meters away from the world. And as the world moves, then I'm going to find myself moving. That's not the way that the will of God works. That's not the way the word of God works. That's not the way holiness works. Because eventually, if I'm just following a safe distance behind the world, I'm going to find myself in the exact same place the world had once been. And so both the Old Testament and the New Testament tell us that the character, the behavior of the people of God should be described with this word holiness. Holiness. We are also to follow peace with all men. Following peace with all men goes hand in hand with holiness. Deuteronomy 7 and verse 6, For thou art an holy people. Unto the Lord thy God, the Lord thy God hath chosen thee to be a special or separated people unto himself above all people that are upon the face of the earth. First Peter 2 and verse 9 says, But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people. What is that word peculiar people? What do those words mean? It means a unique treasure. You are a unique treasure. That, that takes it another level. You're not even just a treasure. If I open a bank vault and I see a shelf full of gold bars, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. That's a treasure. But what if in the middle of those gold bars there was a 10-pound diamond? Sucker, you can have the gold. I'll throw the gold bars at you so I can make haste and get out. He said, you're not just a treasure. You are a unique treasure. So it doesn't matter what they do. It doesn't matter what this group does. It doesn't matter what that group does. It doesn't matter what these folks believe. I want to believe what the Bible 
believes. I want to teach what the Bible teaches because I'm not just a normal individual. In fact, I'm not even just a normal treasure. I'm a unique treasure, a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. There's an, a process of separation that takes place. We understand it's a process of separation that takes place. Webster's Dictionary defines holiness as the state or quality of being holy, being set apart to the service of God. It's characterized by perfection. Perfection. Oh man, pastor, you're, you're really pushing the limits there. If you were a man and had been to men's Bible study, we talk about some things. And we talked about how we've switched the word perfection with the word excellence. We talk about how, well, we know that perfection, we believe that perfection, we've been sold the bill of sales that says that perfection is not possible here in earth. And so we're striving for excellence. Well, excellence is a step down from perfection. So why not make up our minds? I don't want to just strive for something subpar. I don't want to strive for some substandard. I mean, why be a gold bar when I could be a precious stone? So why not strive for perfection and believe that while I'm living for God and I'm, I'm holy, I'm separated from the world, that I can reach a level of perfection. That doesn't mean I'm not going to have flaws. It doesn't mean I'm going, not going to make mistakes. But I know the answer. I know the remedy to those mistakes. And I bounce back and I push forward. I don't want to just strive for doing good. I want to strive for being perfect. Zondervan Dictionary, pictorial dictionary, if you were wondering, indicates that the word holiness is translated from a Hebrew word that means separateness, and a Greek word that means pure. And so by definition, the three elements of holiness are separation, perfection, and purity. And so as people who are called to do what God pleases, or what pleases God rather, than what pleases the world. It's important for us to understand that the character of God is holiness. And so holiness relates to my daily life. Holiness relates to Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Holiness relates to all seven days of the week, every week of the month, every month of the year, every year of my life. Even in 2020, holiness is important. In 2021, holiness will still be important. Because the nature of and the character of God is revealed in two attributes in the Word of God. It's revealed in love and it's revealed in holiness. 1 John 4, 8 tells us that God is 
love. Okay? 1 John 4, 8 tells us that God is love. However, there are more than 50 different scriptures where God is mentioned to be holy or he is labeled to be holy. We're not going to read all 50 of them. We're not going to read all 54 of them, but we're going to read Leviticus 11 and verse 45. It says, For I am the Lord that bringeth you up out of the land of Egypt to be your God. Ye shall therefore be holy, for I am holy. You say, Pastor, well, why do I have to be holy? I have to be holy. I have to live a holy lifestyle because God is holy. Let me back up here and say, listen, I know this is America, and I know you've been created with a free will. In all honesty, you can do whatsoever you want to do. Well, I don't want to live holy. Then don't live holy. But don't think you're going to go to heaven if you're not living holy. Well, I can do whatever I want to do. You can, and you can go straight to hell with it too. Because there are some things that God will not accept, and God will not accept a bride who has the smell of the world on her, who has the taste of the world upon her, who has the look of the world upon her. So yes, you can do whatever you want to do. In fact, I'm only going to fight you so much. I'm not going to fight you. Holiness, from the, the onset of this message, holiness is a heart issue. Holiness is not a rule issue. Holiness is not a letter issue. Because, ladies and gentlemen, let's be honest. There are some things that I preach, that we believe, that we live, that are not listed black and white in the scripture. The Bible doesn't say in black and white, don't smoke cigarettes. The Bible doesn't say in black and white, don't smoke crack. If maybe in the message Bible. Maybe. Maybe in the but not in mine that I've found. I've not been looking either. Hey. We were on vacation in Florida a couple years ago, and I texted a pastor friend of mine. I said, Hey, I'm seeing a lot of these smoke shops around. Is smoking marijuana legal in Florida? And he sent me back this like sad emoji. He said, I'm sorry, brother. I believe it is. I said, well, I'm just making sure it's legal before I go in. If it's legal, it's got to be okay. Then he realized where I was at. So it's not just about the letter. But there is an undercurrent. And I don't even know that it could be considered an undercurrent. It's the author. It's the finisher. The spirit of the law that says, listen, there are some things that are listed plainly and there's a whole lot of things that when I know to do good and I know that this thing is not good for me, it's not good for my body, it's not good for my mind, it's not good for my spirit, it's not good for my walk with God, it doesn't bring me closer to God, it pulls me farther away from God, then the Spirit of the law says, be ye holy. And so really it's a heart issue, it's not a letter issue. And I'll just go ahead and jump way out in front of the train. 
Nowhere in the Bible does it say don't have a television in your home. However, I don't believe it's prudent for a child of God to have a television in their home. I don't believe that there's anything on that television that's going to bring you closer to God. And the Trinity Broadcasting Network certainly won't bring you closer to God. But more than just a television, I don't believe you should be watching it on your phone. I don't believe you should be watching it on your computer. I don't believe you should watch it on a tablet. Because it's not just about a device. It's not just about a letter. It's about a spirit. And it's about a heart issue. Be ye holy. Why? Because God is holy. I talked to folks before and I said, listen, would you do that if God was sitting at the computer desk with you? Would you watch that if he was sitting on the couch with you? Would you go there if he was riding in the car with you? Would you say that in a conversation with God? Well, no. Why? Well, because it be really awkward. I feel bad. Well, this is another one of those news flashes, okay? He's omnipresent. The Bible says that Jesus Christ was the express image of an invisible God. So, whether you can physically see Him or not, He is there. He is sitting on the couch with you. He is riding in the car with you. So, Bible says that not only God Himself is holy, Everything that he commands, everything that he establishes, everything that he ordains, everything that he decrees is holy as well. If you want these notes, please text me. I'll send you the notes. Romans 7 12 says the law and the commandments of God are holy. It says his promises are holy in Psalm 105. All scripture is holy. His name is holy. Everything about God is holy. So if everything about God is holy, then everything about His people should be holy. Holiness is not just an attribute of God only. But it's also used in Scripture to define God's people. His saints, His children, the believers, the followers, His disciples. Deuteronomy 28 and verse 9. The Lord shall establish thee. There's a permanence there. You're going to be established. You're going to be built. You're going to be something that's solid. Something that's got structure. Something that's got substance. The Lord shall establish thee and holy people unto himself as he hath sworn unto thee if thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord thy God and walk in his ways so his ways are holy if I'm going to be his people I've got to walk and be established as a holy people 
So because God is holy, he calls for a holy people. Holy, holiness is not a suggestion. It's not an option. But it's a command of God. Romans 12 and verse 1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. It's a reasonable service for me to be holy unto God. It's not, it's not too painful. It's not too crippling. It's not too overbearing. It's reasonable. It's a reasonable service for me to be holy unto God. Ephesians 5 and verse 27. That he, in Christ, might present it to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. We already read Hebrews 12 and verse 14, follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. So holiness is an essential part of the Christian's life. To be a Christian is to be Christ-like. I'm going to be Christ-like, then I'm going to be God-like. He was manifest in the flesh. If he was holy as the only invisible, then he was still holy as he was incarnate in flesh. So if I'm going to be Christ-like, I'm going to be holy. Holiness is the only lifestyle of the true, scripturally obedient Christian. It becomes a distinguishing characteristic, in fact. Now, I know our ladies get this a lot. The other day, I was at a home improvement store that I refused to go into. So make me things I'm not comfortable with. It's another message for another time. But I was around the back, and I had put in an order online, and I was outside waiting. And that's really the way to do it, because they just bring it right to your truck. Shopped in my living room and just drove there. I get out of my truck, and walking around to the back, load my stuff. This guy standing next to me, his truck's pulled up next to me, and he sees my company truck and he asked me about how long I've been there so on and so forth asked me if I knew somebody and then he looks at me and he said you're Pentecostal aren't you I know it's in vogue but I wasn't wearing a skirt my hair's not well it's a little long because it needs cut now but I expect those kind of things when I'm with my wife and people see say, hey, you guys are Pentecostal, aren't you? But men, we ought to get the same thing. And you know what? It made me feel good because he looked at me and he knew that guy right there is a Pentecostal. It's the only lifestyle to live. If I want to be a child of God, it's a distinguishing characteristic. It's not just about my dress. It's about my spirit. 2020 i gotta clarify that it's not just about my clothing it's about my spirit 
It's the only lifestyle. 1 Thessalonians 4 and verse 7. For God hath not called us unto uncleanness, but unto holiness. God has not called me to live like everybody else lives. Red, yellow, black, and white, they're all precious in his sight. But he's saying, I want you to be a unique treasure. Unique treasure. I want there to be a special emphasis on my children. I want there to be a special separation of my children. So I'm calling you not to just come to church. And man, I, I want everybody to come to church. And they're going to come to church for maybe for a while before they really get a revelation of the holiness. And that's okay. If we all looked the same, if we were all at the same spot, how boring would that be? In fact, we'd be doing something wrong. We were, Brother Heath was with me, this was years ago. We were traveling somewhere to another state, to another church, and somebody felt like they had to tell us, they said, hey, when you walk in there, I don't know if you remember this or not, but when you walk in there, you're going to see uh, people wearing worldly clothes. You're going to see people with different colored hair. You're going to see them with all kinds of piercings and this and that. Well, yeah, because we're going to church. You don't have to explain that. That's the way it should work. That's the way it should look. That's the way it should be. This isn't a place for those who've got everything together. This is a place where we come and we get greater revelation. And God calls us out. And God brings us up. And God works on us. Let me just touch on this right here. Hebrews 12, 14 does not only emphasize holiness. It also emphasizes peace. Which tells me, Brother Levi, as a pastor, when they come in, I believe strongly in my holiness, but I've got to have holiness with the right spirit. If I'm, if I'm walking around with a baseball bat that's labeled holiness, it's not going to go well. In fact, it's not holiness at all. It's only, it's only legalities. It's only dogmatic doctrine but holiness has a, a, an element of love and God said listen I want you to know me by my holiness but I also want you to know me by my love I want you I want you to be known by holiness but I also want you to be known by the fact that you follow peace with all men we preach it to the ladies all the time way off my nose. We preach it to the ladies all the time. Submit yourselves to your husband. Live this way. Walk this way. Don't cut your hair. Wear that which pertains to a woman. Those things are necessary. Okay? But men, the burden does not rest on our wives' shoulders alone. Because the preceding verses preceding verses tell us men to come into the presence of God and lift up holy hands 
without wrath and without doubting. So we cannot come in under the banner of holiness if we have an angry spirit, if we have a chip on our shoulder, and if we're ready to scream and yell at everybody. Oh, pastor went there. Men, that's our biggest struggle. The outward weight rests on our wives, in my opinion, more than it does on us. Ladies, would you agree? Sister Fishburne, do you agree? You agree. Baby, it's cold outside. I walked out of the house one time and said, man, it's cold. She said, well, why don't you try wearing a skirt? I'm going to call Harry Styles and ask him how it was. I bet that dude shaves his legs too. Yeah. Yeah. Right, Brian? It's so good to see you. Oh. I love Brian. They carry the weight of the outward holiness in in a different way than we do. I've had people ask me, like, man, you're working outside, it's 100 degrees, why aren't you wearing shorts? That's few and far between. I don't walk into Walmart and everybody's like, man, you see that guy wearing pants? Maybe in 2021, I don't know, I... But as much as the outward holiness, the weight of outward holiness is placed upon them, the weight of the inward holiness, God emphasized it on men. And don't get me wrong, everybody's got to be inwardly and outwardly holy. I want to be holy because God has called me to be holy. Holiness and righteousness are closely related in the Word of God. The word righteousness often indicates justification or being made right, being made blameless, being made innocent or just before God. What Jeremiah said, my righteousness is his filthy rags. I can't do it on my own. I cannot be blameless on my own. I cannot be innocent on my own. I cannot be just. I cannot be holy on my own. I cannot be made right on my own. That's even across the board. There's not anyone who is exempt from that. So whereas righteousness means being made right, blameless, or innocent before God, the word holiness is often used to indicate proper behavior. Virtuous actions and a godly lifestyle. He makes me righteous, I practice holiness. He makes me righteous, I practice holiness. As 
Bible believing Christians, we attain, we maintain holiness and righteousness in a couple of different ways. We're made righteous by Jesus Christ. That's imputed righteousness. It's put into us. He makes us righteous. And then our continual obedience. He makes me righteous. I obey the word. I practice holiness. So righteousness and holiness are granted to us by Jesus Christ. When we become his children, his holiness is accredited to us. It's applied to our account. When the blood of Jesus is applied to our life at our new birth, his righteousness is put on to us because of his death, burial, and resurrection. His death purchased my righteousness. And so that means that holiness is transferred from God to us as his free gift of grace. It's applied to us through our obedient faith in his word. Second Corinthians 5 and verse 21. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin. That we might be made the righteousness of God in him. And so as we participate, as we're involved in the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The repentance, baptism in Jesus name, the infilling of the Holy Ghost. We are washed by his blood. We are cleansed of our sins. And we had, we would never have been able to do that on our own. So through his grace, the grace of God, we are made righteous. We are made holy. First Corinthians 15, verse 34. Don't worry, I'm not going to, I'm not going to preach on it. Just, just a couple more hours, it's okay. First Corinthians 15 and verse 34, awake to righteousness. It means arouse yourself, wake yourself to righteousness and sin not. For some have not the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. He said, we bring shame upon ourselves, upon God, when we claim to be a Christian and we still involve ourselves in things that are contrary to the Word of God. There's action involved in awaking myself to righteousness. In my own nature, my own carnality, I am not going to be righteous. I'm not going to be awake to righteousness. We can have the truth and still be unrighteous. Romans 6, verse 12. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in the lusts thereof. Your body wants to sin. Your flesh wants to sin. But I have a choice on whether or not I obey my body, whether or not I obey my flesh or not. He said, neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin. 
but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead. Spiritually speaking, alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness. So I can participate in things that are unrighteous or I can participate in things that are righteous. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law, but we are under grace? God forbid. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. Skipping on down, being then made free from sin, ye became the servants of righteousness. I was made free from sin that automatically brings me into the kingdom of righteousness as ye have yielded your members servants to uncleanness and to iniquity unto iniquity even so now yield your members servants to righteousness unto holiness okay so i'm made righteous when i repent of my sins i'm baptized in jesus name i'm filled with the gift of the holy ghost but nicodemus you're just seeing you just, in, you just entered the kingdom. Now, yield your members to righteousness unto holiness. Being baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost, living a repented life is necessary, but it's not the end. It's not the end. Those scriptures make it clear that we should follow a lifestyle of righteous or holy behavior. Looking for a place to stop. We see that righteousness and holiness are accounted to us through our obedience to God's word. Romans 6 and verse 16, Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to be, or to obey his servants, ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. So if I yield to sin, I'm a servant to sin. But if I yield to obedience, then I'm a servant of obedience, and I will not be rewarded with death like sin, but I'll be rewarded with righteousness. So there's action. Let's stand. There's action that follows my living for God. There's action of separation that follows my salvation experience. I yield my members to be servants to holiness. I present my body. I cleanse myself. I, per I am perfecting holiness. I'm putting on a new man. I'm following holiness. I'm following peace with all men. I'm fleeing the lusts and I'm following righteousness i'm denying ungodliness i'm doing righteousness i uh i am pursuing the things of god there's action that's involved in pursuing a christian life there's action that i've got to undertake in order to continue so true holiness begins as an imparted gift of grace but in turn, it teaches me to follow a lifestyle of holiness and righteousness. I'm not living based on rules and regulations. 
I'm living based off of a love for God. And folks, that's the difference. That's the difference. This isn't about being beat over the head and beat into submission. It's not what it's about. I made up my mind a long time ago, God, I want to be as close to you as possible. Now that means I've got to live holy. That means there are going to be things that my body and my flesh want to do that I deny them access to. Because I want to get everything out of the way. I want to pull off every layer and I want to be as close to God as I can be. I want to pursue holiness. I want to pursue Christian living. 2 Corinthians 7 and verse 1, having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Does perfecting holiness necessarily mean I'm going to be perfect? No. But it means that my heart and my mind are set on being holy. My heart and my mind are set on being separated. So when I see things or when I experience things popping up into my life, into my mind, into my heart, then I'm going to deny them. I'm going to move forward. I'm going to move past them. I'm going to pursue the things of God. I wonder tonight if we could make our way to an altar and, and we could commit ourselves again. God, I want to fall in love with holiness, with separation. In the city.